Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week, loving every week of it, every minute of it, as we introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. It is a wonderful thing. Beautiful summer is our summertime vacation edition. Recording this one a little bit early as we're on our way up to the beautiful state of Maine. By the time this one drops, we'll be kicking it by the lake in vacation land, Harrison, Maine. Having a lovely time, but that does not mean that we stop. We keep crunching, we keep grinding, and hopefully you're enjoying the ride. But hey, you too can kick your feet up. We pair well with boat trips. Hikes, field trips, road trips, getting drunk in your in your basement, whatever it is. We love you, and we're happy to be a part of it. But this week's episode is no different. It is very exciting. We are having a lot of fun. One of our locals here, the man himself, Jay Larsh, is this week's featured artist, and we're really excited that we had the opportunity to speak with Jay at his studio, which is always fun when you get to do these in 3D. Six Above Studios in Norwalk, Connecticut. The number six spelled out above Studios. Episode 73, Setenta y Trace. We came to learn of Jay the work that he's done with Charter Oak Brewing, who just released their new brewery down in Danbury, Connecticut. Unfortunately, we learned that Jay was not part of that operation or that branding experience, but he was uh, you know, instrumental as you will learn in the creation of the brand. And he's been really just doing some amazing stuff. Good exploration of topography, the power of lettering, murals, and really just a you know a good chat, two dudes that's sitting down across the table from each other. I gotta say for, you know, just for uh, me being a kind of uh, junior engineer at best, audio engineer, I think the, the audio quality of this week's episode is pretty banging. So excited to have that one for you. I think we're stepping the game up. Still crushing it with the Yeti. If you're listening, folks, we would love a little sponsorship. Throw that love our way using the black Yeti microphone here in the studio. But again, you're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. AJ here as we do each and every week. Remember, you can follow along with Jay, 6 Above Studios on Instagram, and 6above.com is the website. It's that easy, folks. S-I-X above, not below, above, above, six above, six above studios on Instagram. You can follow along and see what he's up to. You can see the adventures. You can see the great early sketch work. See his behind the scenes, his sketchbook, his process. See what he's coming up with next, what new posters or designs he's working on. It's really just a a fun exploration of the the, the power of wording, lettering, and it's really nice to to be a part of that because through this project, We've come to appreciate different mediums and topography, fonts, words, design, and that nature really is a, is a really powerful thing. And even just simply writing something, you know, even putting simply in front of it, you know, minimizes it. But what we're trying to say is just really, this is a great example of that. And head over over to, you know, his work online. You can follow along with the journey. He's done a lot of other stuff, but we in the beginning we don't like to kind of you know give it away. So maybe the interlude, we'll, we'll talk about some of the cool products he's worked on, continues to work on, and you know, and we'll go from there. So, 16-ounce canvas, episode number 73, Setenta y Trace, Jay Larsh, 
sixabove.com, six above studios on Instagram. Charter Oak Brewing is where he, you know, got his teeth wet uh, here on the Connecticut beer scene, but he's done a lot more stuff before and after that. And so it's really a nice jump off, you know, into the into the designer himself, and we we had a good time. So um, here's the J. It was really cool when we were doing the the gallery show. You know, I see every the tickets that were sold, and you get notified, and to see that you know Jay was coming to the show it was really it was really cool because we hadn't you know really spoken up to that point and for him to come out and support you know before he was uh, an official alumni was really was really cool and you know really meant a lot to us so uh, thanks again jay but without further ado here is the man himself jay larsh episode 73 16 ounce canvas go hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast very excited to be here live at six above studios in norwalk connecticut with Jay Larsh. How's it going today? Good. good. I didn't fuck How your name you? up, did I? No. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> All right, good, good. We were back and forth. I was, we have little notes here, so the simplest of names, right? It's going to be the most difficult. I was, it was, you're in my head. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> nailed it. You nailed it. JS, <laughs> live and in person. So we came to, to learn of, of you through the work that you've done with, you know, with Charter Oak. But really, the one of the favorite parts of, of my job is finding out more about you, know, you have your own your own business, Six Above Studios. You can you know yep. follow along uh, on on Instagram as well as you know the website, the the number six spelled out above studios.com and the same Six Above Studios, you know on Instagram. Uh, it's great to be around here in the studio to see the stuff you're you know, you're working on. So just wanted to you know thank you for for being on the show. Hey, thank you for coming out. Yeah, I'm very excited to get into it today. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, let's um you know we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the beer stuff at some point, but want to kind of Get the J story, you know, how you got into your drawing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you have a real great focus on topography. I think that's a really kind of a, you know, common uh, theme with a lot of your work, you yep. know, murals. And, it's kind of evolved to there, to that point. Yep. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really, you know, they're really clean, you know, some of it's uh, inspirational type, you know, uh, messaging. And so, you know, what's the... What's the summarize your whole life, Jay? For us, yeah. why I drink my beer. Start from from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> it was a cold day. Yeah, well, um, I you know I've, I've always had a passion for art as like a, as a young child. I loved to sketch things like that. Um, you know, my my dad did a lot of sketching, even though he had nothing to do with his career. Um, my mom's father worked with a lot of wood, so there was like a lot of creativity or like you know uh, encouraging creativity so I, I think I'd grown up along around a lot of that kind of helped um, but you know I wasn't exactly sure where that was where that was headed or like what to do with that I was just like you know art student kid <laughs> and I took like all the art classes um, and in high school I, you know I got really into like skateboarding and like hip-hop and I think a lot of influences came from like skateboard brands and stickers and stuff like that uh, and it got to a point where like a, me and a couple of friends started up our own kind of skate crew and we did a lot of filming each other and we made some t-shirts uh, and I got to design all the t-shirts and that was like my thing and I was like, oh, I, you know, I, I, loved, I loved that idea of yeah. like designing t-shirts that were kind of like the skateboard graphics that I'd see uh, like in the shop or in magazines, things like that. Um, but that was like my general focus. Like I like to draw, I like skating. I was just a horrible student though. <laughs> like I barely made it out of high school. You know, I, you know, I, 
I focused a lot on, on the art and not a lot on the education. Um, and we didn't have a lot of the opportunities that I see like high school students today with like Mac labs and doing a lot of graphic design and stuff. And I had no idea like what graphic design was or how you could apply art to like a career or that where that would take you. So, um, you know, I had just these drawings and things that I like to do. And I, you know, it was at some point in high school, uh, I think it was my mom actually had mentioned like, you know, you should maybe look into to graphic design. And to me, I was like, you know, people do right. that That's like a for thing. a living. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that nobody into that point, leave it to like my parents to be like, this is a thing that you could kind of get into. You don't seem to be, you know, doing that great at anything else. Like maybe you kind of look into this field. This yeah. might be something that you could, you know, excel or be interested in. Um, so I, uh, I had done my first like graphic design job was for a, a restaurant, an ice cream restaurant, like in town when I was like a senior in high school, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then like, you know, I did a little logo and I remember it was even more than the logo. Like they needed help with like the outdoor sign. Like they got, I, I ordered the vinyl, like I did the logo, ordered the vinyl and then put this on like a giant six foot sign, like laid it out two colors, like way beyond anything that I do now or like <laughs> yeah. anything necessary, just like the labor. So it was, uh, it was like a combination of those things, like the skateboarding, the art, like taking all the drawing and art classes in high school, like doing this little logo for the restaurant that kind of, you know, combined or accumulated like into, you know, pursue something in like graphic design. So yeah. um, because I was a shitty high school student, I didn't have a lot of opportunities. You know, it was suggested that I go to like community college and take a bunch of courses, find out what's interesting uh, what, what you're interested in, take some like graphic design courses, kind of get into that. Uh, so that's what I did. Um, I went to, uh, Monroe community college up in Rochester. So it's, uh, it's the area that I grew up in. Okay. Um, so I went there and like, we learned a lot of the, of the programs like Adobe programs and kind of, you know, did some cool like art and stuff in there, you know, with the programs, it wasn't anything with like any kind of real focus. It was more like here are the tools that you would need to kind of go into something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it was like for the first time I was interested in like learning and in, in like education. And like yeah. I liked these classes, like I liked what I was doing. And it was the first time that I actually like did well in school. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. I went from being like, you know, a, a D student in high school to like getting A's in a community college because I loved what I was doing. Right. But it was like finding like this was the beginning of like finding like a, a passion for something or like getting into art, you know, and trying to, to form that into like, you know, what do I do with this with all these things that I've that I love or what I've done so far and how do I, you know, make a living like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you see now, like you're saying before, there's so many before when we were probably growing up and I'm I, I won't uh I'm a troll you are, but the idea of being an artist or doing something that wasn't didn't have that like nine to five feel to it was seen as like you're not you're not doing something right or you didn't go to college like, there was right. all these like pretense of what success was right. and so in a way I mean you're pretty lucky that your parents were supportive of that because back I, then I you told your parents you told like I'm gonna be a musician <laughs> I'm gonna be an artist and it was like <laughs> eh. like look at you it's like, yeah, like you, yeah what, what happened what's wrong with your kid you know and so I think that now kids at an early age can see that like it's a tangible path you know it's probably much harder for you you know to do that but you right. can you can see that pivot point when you when you found something you loved and you were like 
what do we mean? Class is over. I want to. Why don't we do some more here? How do right, we do this? Right. And yeah, and you know, it's pretty obvious. And that's when you know you start like getting into it more, where you're starting to do some more uh, like personal projects, where right. like you know, this is getting me amped up to go home and draw some stuff, or like you know, I want to create a logo for this, or like I want to try to you know draw this this picture like on the computer. You know, yeah. and that was like the that was like a big change. You know, kind of having that drive to do something that you like to do you know, yeah or this newly found thing almost there yeah. there's been there's like a couple of those that i've had throughout my life that are like aha moments and that was like yeah. one like graphic design is a thing that you can do like yeah. <laughs> it's like a legitimate career path you know and you know and and i talked to a lot of designers it's and it's funny like a lot of designers are like people like me that grew up loving art you know and try to turn art into a bigger career you know yeah it's like oh you know what did you what got you into this well i like you know i loved art classes and it was kind of like well how do i make money like that and it's like well it's really really hard to like become a successful artist and like just do art you know so like a lot of artists you know grow into being graphic designers (laughs) or like at some point like get involved with the computer um to like take jobs like that yeah it's disheartening to think that when they're cut like budgets for education, that's a whole other probably podcast, but they like art and music get cut like right away. Yeah, and there's yeah. kids that probably need those outlets so bad. I know it's like their happy place. And it's I like, know. that gets them through and it's like, Oh, we're just going to nix that right away. Yeah. And the, yeah, those are the ones with the lowest budgets. And like, I am jealous. I've, I went and I've talked to in a couple of high schools like since then. And like, I'm just straight up jealous of some of the opportunities and, you know, and just some of the things that they're teaching kids, you know, that are that are different than the like basic like math, science, you know, history that yeah. probably both of us grew up on. Like yeah. these are like three fourths areas that you can get into. Everything else is kind of like you're just having fun. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. if you want to try stuff, I mean, I know I had a computer. I was pretty young, but it was this massive like mainframe looking thing. And so now these kids, like, yeah, just have you know your iPad or whatever, and it's just mobile. It's, yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's just... pretty it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I was not a very good skateboarder, but I did have you know I just remember. You always want to have your, like your deck be different than everybody else's, right. or like your, you know. I got my Doc Martens. You know, it was like I wanted to have ones that nobody else had. Like, and so that was like your way to be like stand out. I had like you know a Santa Cruz deck that I had this like killer, you know, red dragon on. I remember yeah. and it was like it was awesome. Like that was no one else had that in the neighborhood. I couldn't skate well, but I was like at least yeah. like at least for that moment before everything started, like visually I was doing something cool. Yeah, yeah, and it was great. Yeah, so I think that you know we see that a lot. We see a lot of gig poster talk and a lot of skateboarding and comic books is there's something like... about that culture you know and I think maybe it's a little bit of like the street vibes you know to me I always saw like that is like very graphic looks like yeah. you know very bold logos very bold type and that's that's part of what the influence was on me I think at the time was like yeah. seeing all these you know it's it's almost like on uh, on like NASCAR and you see the logos on cars and stuff like that like these super chunky bold logos you know that skateboard companies use that car right. you know car companies use yeah <laughs> seeing yeah. that like a mass of it is... and then we're, we're here in the studio and jay's got you know probably a couple hundred you know records vinyl he's got the you know the, the here in the studio and early hip-hop we were talking about you know a lot of that with the graffiti you know even the album covers were really just kind of like a dude standing in front of like a really cool piece in like yeah. you know in his neighborhood like on the wall or something like that it was really kind of really like the urban rock poster so mm-hmm. i mean that's really that was always cool to me yeah yeah <laughs> i love that that's, yeah 
Um, so, uh, so we're, oh, so community college. So from there, you know, I spent the two years there. I learned kind of, you know, the Adobe programs, um, and just getting like a general sense for it. And then at, at that point I was kind of like, all right, well, what do I, what do I do from there? Do I, you know, do I use these skills to get a job? Do I want to like continue the education? And I had good enough grades, you know, at that point, uh, redeemed myself kind yeah. of <laughs> from, from the earlier days. Um, and I applied to a couple schools and ended up, uh, getting a scholarship and getting into Syracuse university, um, and went there for the communications design program. Um, which was just, you know, a, a fundamental to, to my career path, like after that. Um, right. But it was, a, it was a really awesome program that, you know, taught you a lot about how to communicate, um, th- that communication is more important than the design, getting your message across, or like mm-hmm. the point of uh, a lot of design and even art is to convey some type of message. So, you know, how do you do that quickly in a world where things are just like a split second or like people don't have the attention span you know how can you you know capture somebody's attention and teach them something you know in a fast paced world you know and do it quickly and have it be like interesting at the same time it's turns into quite a challenge yeah it's a mouthful right there yeah (laughs) so the the program there was based on uh this idea of like uh uh problem solution like you'd present a, a problem or just an idea and then you'd try to solve it through uh through design somehow uh and a lot of the times that you know meant drawing up a logo uh some you know sometimes it was packaging sometimes it was a website you know sometimes it was um you know there's there was like a variety of of things so they would (laughs) present you with an idea then then everyone kind of would Attack it their own way. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, you had to present the idea. So, like, I, you know, and they didn't have to be like world-solving problems. So, like, I had some ideas that uh, one was called a pure cap, which was like a cap that you could put on your water bottle that purified any water that you put into it. And the idea was that you know we're wasting uh, all this plastic or you know all this plastic use through water bottles, and in, in order to kind of like decrease the amount of plastic that we use. You know, is there a way that you can give people that purified water that they want, you know, the reason that they buy water bottles? Right. So that was, like, the idea, you know, and that was a, a solution that I came up from a problem of my own research. I was like, you know, here's the problem. I'm going to try to solve it with this little idea called a pure cap, something that you put on, you know, you have a cap of your water bottle, you fill it up with a water fountain, fill it up, you know, in a lake or whatever, and then you got purified water. So then you have to come up with a logo and like the package for it and then kind of like a little marketing scheme. So in the end you had this like fully branded product and idea, you know, and that's that's something that you could present and that's like what became my portfolio was like ten to fifteen pieces like that. Okay. So they weren't all like crazy like that. Like I had some Was somebody from Brita in your class and stole your fucking idea? No, see <laughs> and see this is like this is the killer thing, is like, you know, I you know, I spent three years there doing that, coming up with awesome ideas just to see them come to life like ten years later and been like, shit, why did I not take some of these ideas yeah. and like invest yeah. in them or do something like that? That's how we got to do this podcast. <laughs> we had a couple ideas that didn't happen and that someone else did and my sister's like, Oh great. Yeah. Another idea you have you're not gonna do and someone's gonna do it and you get pissed. You're just like, putting it out there yeah <laughs> i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna show you i'm gonna do this episode yeah there were like and i don't know i think you gotta you gotta like capitalize on those moments you gotta like jump on them. oh yeah because my kids when they were little they just don't know how to use a phone 
they would jack my phone up. They'd like send emails mm-hmm. and like delete stuff and it'd be gone. I was like, why isn't there just a thing that I can like turn on like a kid version on my phone? Yeah. And like, they only gets like three apps and that, that's yeah. a thing now. Like, that's yeah. like built into like Android. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> You're like, they, they stole my idea. <laughs> yeah. My sister reminds me of that one all the time. She's like, oh, that kid I do is pretty good. That was a gem. Man. But like, you don't like, it just get overwhelmed. You don't have an engineer. You don't know how to make an app. Like, you yeah. just kind of like hit the wall. Oh, see, I had some good ones. The other one, the, like my favorite one, or the one that got the most attention, was these I, these candles that were geared towards men, like manly men, and called them mandals. And they yeah. were like, uh, they were in like a diamond plate base. Yeah. They had like a, a row of matches stuck to the front of them. They were like these huge blocks, and they were like, smelled like bacon and fresh cut grass and, like, yeah. <laughs> and sawdust. Yeah. And, and I was like, shit. And then like, you know, a couple of years later, I see like other people making them, even with that name, pretty obvious name. But like, I've seen other people attempt to make like mandals in like shitty little tins. And I was like, dude, I came up with this idea like five years ago. I'm like, this is exactly how you should be doing it. If you want to yeah. be pushing these candles to men, uh, you got to make them I'm look. A, I'm a mandal out. consultant. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun ideas like, like that. But yeah. it really was like, What's the problem? How do you solve it through design? You know, problem is guys don't buy candles. I'm gonna solve it by designing a badass looking candle that smells like something a dude would buy. Like, yeah, they don't have to be like I said. They don't have to be world changing. Right, right, right. Problem. You're not curing cancer in class. But yeah. it was like, yeah. But it was the idea of teaching you to look at things in this like problem solution basis. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, how do you solve that through design? And and it doesn't mean that it's just you know, the packaging or, you know, the website, you know, we do like storefronts or like, is it a publication or, you know, how can you communicate that product or issue like through design? It was very interesting, Mm -hmm. but it like, it really like stuck in my head ever since. (laughs) I kind of attack problems. I really feel you should make a Mandel, at least just one, like a Mandel (laughs) prototype. That's what what we had, we had to do. I literally, I have one, there's one hanging around here somewhere. I'm going to have to find it after, but (laughs) at least get you a picture of it because they looked awesome. I still like chuckle at it every time I see the photos of it. Now, how did you end up in Connecticut? Uh, So that was, that was after college. Uh, So the, they do a a fantastic portfolio program there and they actually, uh, they present your portfolios without you uh, down in uh, New York City in Manhattan. So they ship all the portfolios down there. They, they put on a big show, uh, and the students are not allowed to be there. That way, everybody that's in there kind of gets this, um, you know, an idea of your work without you kind of yeah. explaining it, you know? They're like, if like, I like... Jay, don't talk. Yeah. Don't talk, Jay. <laughs> so they were like, all right, you know, if we like this guy's work without seeing him, then we'll see him, you know, <laughs> type of thing. So. Yeah. I had actually, towards the end of, of college, you know, part of it was researching places you might want to work, and I had picked out a handful of, like, different little agencies in the in the area. Um, I wasn't, like, huge on going into the city. You know, I think a lot of people went into the city right after, but, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm from upstate New York, and I'm, out, I'm, like, in the suburbs outside of Rochester. Like, mm-hmm. I like land and trees and yeah. driving around in a car. Like, for me, going into the city was, like, just not it. So I'm looking in, like, Fairfield, Connecticut, which happens to be this, like, strange hotbed of, like, little agencies and, like, marketing places and, yeah. like, shops and that there's, like, more than enough spots where you could come here find something and if you needed to bounce around to somewhere else because there's like right. 10 different spots you used to get to the yeah. city if you needed to yeah. so one of the one of the places that i actually was looking into 
after like leaving Syracuse um, was uh, the agency that I ended up at. Um, but what piqued my interest there uh, is because I'm looking on their website and like learning about what they do. And one of their main clients was Heineken. And I saw that they did all this beer work. And I was like, you know, I had a passion for packaging. Like that was one of the things that came out of that program was like, you know, you could do all these different things. I ended up doing a lot of packaging projects. And I was like, I guess this is what I like. Or I kind of found out at yeah. the end of it, like I like to make packaging, I like, you know, package products and stuff. So when I saw like the beer, I was like, oh shit, wouldn't that be cool to like work on things like that, <laughs> to be able to work on the packaging for alcohol. Um, so that was like one of the companies that I, I really went after that. I was like, oh, I see you guys, you know, you do all this cool food and beverage kind of stuff. Like that's exactly what I want to get into. Um, and it worked out really well because one of the, you know, you know, one of the guys who, who brought me in from that portfolio show happened to be a fellow uh, Syracuse graduate. So, yeah. you know, it was like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was easy ins. All yeah, one of my best friends is an orangeman, so yeah, <laughs> he's a lawyer from there, yeah, so he do, he does no wrong by me. Yeah, yeah so go we, Syracuse. Yeah, we stick and we, we stick together. Yeah, <laughs> so. he still got yeah he still got a crew. Yeah, 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 you got a crew of them. They come together. It's when they're coming through town. You know, it's a little trouble, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh that was like the beginning. You know, kind of getting into the professional career. Um, and this company did. Uh, consumer product goods, CPG packaging, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of food and beverage. The beverage is mainly alcohol. We do beer and spirits. Uh, so Heineken was like big on the beer side and then a lot of stuff for um, Pernod Ricard, which is um, a lot of big liquor company. They're actually mm -hmm. um, in, like they're in White Plains. Okay. Um, so kind of getting in, involved into that, the Heineken stuff that they did was mostly imports. So I got to, to work on that. This was like a very small company we're talking 10 people six designers so like every uh project is something that like everybody every designer was like heavily involved in yeah it was tangible yeah yeah, yeah. so that was like one of the things that i that i liked and about working in a small company and saw like most beneficial like even you know i was there for seven years so it's like that was one of my favorite things is like you know getting the heavy involvement the hard part is like there's nowhere to hide <laughs> like right. you have to you have to do well you know you can't you know, you'll stand out real fast if you're not doing what you need to be doing. <laughs> Do you remember the first like time you saw one of your kind of uh, packages in, in the wild, I guess? Uh, yeah. So I think um, there were, you know, on the food side, you know, we did some stuff for Bolt House Farms. Um, we did some stuff for our, um, let me see, we were in automotive. I did like Prestone. And I'm trying to think of what other products they did like. That, uh, that really stood out. I mean, at least as far as the Heineken, I think, you know, you can see over here in the studio, I've got some uh, promotional cans for Tecate. Um, the Blanco here, the soccer, the soccer one. You know, we ended up doing you know, a lot of these where we did, you know, takeovers of half the can, and that was like yeah. the first kind of beer project that I was working on at that job was like, you know, we've got this design for Tecate. This is a, a 20, oh God, these are 24, 24 yeah. yeah. So they'd be like, all right, well, using kind of the base graphics, you know, that are established, you know, what can we do for promotion that kind of fits into that? And people still know that the brand is Takati. Yeah. So that was like one of the one of the early ones. But we, you know, we went on to do a lot more um, 
most of my portfolio work from that job is a lot of Tecate brand stuff. So, yeah. but everything, uh, the Heineken stuff that we worked on was a lot of import brands. So Soul, Tecate, and Dos Equis, okay. like the big three. And I remember going into that job, like they were just finishing up uh, the like a redesign for Dos Equis. Now, the, like the big beer companies, they refresh their packaging like every three to four years to stay relevant. Right. You know, they got to look good. They got to look fresh. And, you know, there's so much competition in that market, in the beer market that like you almost, you want to look new, you know. You want to look the same, the trustworthy, but you want to look, right. you know, like you're keeping up with the game. So, you know, throughout the time that I was there, I actually ended up working on the redesign of Dos Equis like three times. Did yeah. you work on the most interesting man in the world? We worked on some promotions with him. Yeah? <laughs> but I've never, I've never met him or anything. I never got to meet him. And it was, it was sad too, because we went to like some cool Dos Equis events too. We got invited to some of like the promotional stuff. They did like the most interesting show. Um... And there was like another thing along the most interesting theme, but like he was not at any of them. And I was like, where is this guy? Where is this guy? <laughs> yeah. And then I actually found out that he was up at the, the Stu Leonard's here at Norwalk. And I found out like two weeks after he was there. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I almost wanted to be. Yeah, he went to these great parties and he's just there like going through there like the puppets and Stu Leonard's. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did I miss him? <laughs> that's, a good cam- that's a good campaign. I don't like the refresh of that campaign with the, the younger guy. Oh, the new, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't resonate it as well. Yeah, they can't like, they nailed it. And it's hard to like compete with it after that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened, but it was definitely a, a step back. It just... I don't know. Those movies never really go like prequel type styles. Yeah, yeah. Like, they don't really, they really ever go well. I mean, I yeah, guess you yeah. could order, argue Star Wars did okay, cause, yeah. but that's just, I think it's just more of. You're almost better off like just totally reinventing yourself, come up with something totally new. It's yeah. hard to top that. You know? It would have been better if it was like his kid or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Not yeah, when he was yeah. like younger. Or not something. just some like other random guy. Yeah, it's like, oh, we already saw this with a really cool old guy with like a great beard. It's like, you're not that dude. So yeah, a lot of Tecate, a lot of Dos Equis. We did like, there's a, the Beers of Mexico up there, which is like a promotional of like all the import brands, mm-hmm. which started as like one job, but did really well and became its own brand. And then they went on to like use that uh, like platform for the next five years. Okay. So I was like, all right, cool. So it's like a lot of things like that, you know, um, doing some of the base brand and then like some promotional stuff, but really like you know, getting, like, deep involved to, like, the world of, like, corporate beer, like, big guy beer design. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of what led to the to the Charter Oak, is that, you know, one, it was actually a co-worker of my wife, uh, you know, introduced me to Scott uh, Valley, the guy that owns Charter Oak, Charter Oak and uh, was like, hey, you know, this guy works on a lot of beer, like, he's was starting up Charter Oak at the time. And that was like the nice introduction there that was like, you know, this guy works on yeah. big beer. Like if you want somebody to design your beer and help you with your brand, like this, this could be the guy. So, um, you know, introduced me to Scott. We sat down with him, talked about like, this is like at the very beginning too. <laughs> Just right, talked yeah. about what he, you know, what his plans were, you know, what he's trying to do. Um, you know, and he, uh, he had told me about Charter Oak, like this this idea for the name, you know, and kind of looked at me like, the, I mean, we're gonna call it Charter Oak, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, cool, I don't get it, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, I don't know if you're from, are you from around here, no. yeah, so, you know, I guess the Charter Oak is like a big reference in Connecticut, and I see it all over the place now too. It was like the Charter Oak Bridge or Charter Oak Park, and yeah, I know. still don't, I mean, whatever, I still don't get it. I think of a Charter Oak as like one of the telecom companies. 
<laughs> so I think everybody's Sorry, trying to dude. use it. <laughs> And we are back. Episode 73, Jay Larsh, just called Kicking It, in Norwalk, Connecticut, the mean streets in Norwalk. If you don't know, now you know. Six Above Studios, sixabove.com, Six Above Studios on the gram of Insta. Learning about Jay and his career. Great story. I think it shows the importance of encouragement, you know power of a, a good parenting or just kind of encouragement to you know do what you love and that's not always easy and sometimes being book smart doesn't really you know equate to success and so you know Jay didn't, uh, didn't love the high school life but you know he found a passion he loved in art and design and made a great career out of it worked hard went to local community college ended up at you know Syracuse and now he runs his own business so I really think it's a great story of working hard, being committed to something, and finding something you love. You know, there's really so many great opportunities out, out there that don't fit into the traditional, you know, model of, you know, high school, college, do, you know, four-year, four-year, boom, you're, you're out. You know, it's really, there's so many important things in life, whether it be art or design, that you can really take away from stories like this, things that, you know, you think are you know, the non-traditional avenues. And even as a parent, I know we definitely, you know, weave in and out of the parenting realm a few times. It just shows how important it is to, to encourage your kids to be, you know, creative, unique, true to themselves, you know, follow follow what they feel is, you know, for them. And it really goes a really goes a long way. So really excited to share this story. I think it's really um, introspective. It was nice to to get Jay on the record talking about it and just to see where things went and his creativity. It was nice. In the studio he's got a lot of his Kind of the, the final products of the pieces, but then right there is the draft board. You know, you see his sketches and just you can tell it's just a you know just a part of who he is. And so it was really nice to see that he's super well organized, which I did hate a bit. As you've come to know, we're a little bit of a hot mess here at the uh, at the canvas. And so my desk is just sprinkled with shit everywhere. You know, he had everything organized, really nicely put, nice layout. Even his records were just you know, I just wanted to mess them up, but you know, obviously we did that because. You fuck with the man's music and uh, shit gets real. So it was just a really good opportunity, you know, really connected, especially, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, early 90s hip hop is really something that I've always, you know, fall back to musically. So talking about, you know, Tribe Called Quest and, you know, Wu-Tang Clan and other stuff like that. It's just, uh, it was just a great opportunity, a lot of fun. I'm trying to do more and more of the, you know, in-persons, you know, maybe we take it to another level and do some video work, but, you know, we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow brings, but we're working on some new, you know, new next steps, and we'll keep you, you know, keep you abreast of that. Sounds cool to say it like that. You know, keep you updated on what's happening. Obviously, you can get in touch with me, AJ. That's me at 16OunceCanvas.com. 16OZCanvas.com is the website, and 16OZCanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So keep in touch. We're building something. It's growing. Over 700, you know, 16 ounce canvas hashtags on Instagram. Small number, but really, you know, it's growing. We'll have a thousandth tagging party. Who knows? We probably won't, but we're going to say that. We'll get to a thousand. And so I'm going to go back to the lake. I'm going to go kick it and uh, enjoy part two. 
Jay Larsh, Six Above Studios, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Not the 12, not the 40, not the 32, the 1-6, 16, 10 plus 6, 8 times 2, 4 squared, ounce, canvas. But he told me about it and it explained, like, the, the story behind it, and I was like, oh, like, now, you know, we've got something here, you know. And the 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 legend of the Charter Oak is uh, back in the 1600s when Connecticut was owned by England or governed by England. Um, the king at the time uh, granted Connecticut a charter to like make some of their own rules and kind of you know secede a little bit, back off. And they had kept they had kept the charter here in like Hartford. And then the king that granted it died. His brother steps up and he's like. You know, I don't want anybody to have those rights. Like, I want all these charters back, you know. So he comes to, to Hartford. He meets with a bunch of the other colonies in New England. And he's like, you know, I, I demand this back. Like, you guys are owned by England. You don't have those rights. And then the the legend has it that, like, at some point, you know, when they were arguing, arguing that the, the, all the candles blew out and it went dark. And then, you know, when they finally got it all the light back, the charter was gone. Uh, and then it reappeared, you know, some odd years later, somebody had stashed it in an oak tree in Hartford. Okay. Um, and by the time they'd found it, they used it to govern the colony of Connecticut for the, like the next 150 years. So there's like this whole cool historic story. Good story. Yeah. Cause Charter I was like, so, yeah. you know, when we were talking about the, the name or like the idea behind the beer, it's, it went from being like, I don't know what you're talking to about to like there is like an awesome story here with like all these little facets of things that we can pull on yeah. for the design. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, my process for like, you know, coming up with some of the, the art for, for this and the other projects are, are to usually do like a handful of, of designs, you know, that, you know, are in the realm of, of what somebody's looking for. Mm-hmm. So when we talk, you know, we sit down, and we talk about, you know, the charter oak, you know, hear this story, you know, obviously there's the elements of the oak tree itself and the charter itself. You know, how does that fit that in, you know, and the names of the people involved. Yeah. Right, because you have the tree and then now looking at it, I mean, you have the scroll with the name. I mean, it right. makes way more sense right. now. So, <laughs> I mean, and there's, but, a, there's a, like a large part of the story on the side of the packaging, like yeah. if you really want to get into it. Yeah, <laughs> no, because I mean, I remember the first time, they, when they were, it was probably around when you started, they were at, they were, I imagine them doing tastings all over the place and they were just like, oh, we're starting and they had their, I think they're what two flagships really on yeah, it. Yeah. really you know yeah we started with the brown ale and i think so scott the owner like he is like one of the hardest working guys that i that i've met at least in yeah. at least in the craft industry because you know we once we had finished up this design he took it he ran with it he was he was doing the tastings like every weekend yeah. you know in, and it was him like in person he right. hired somebody he was passionate enough to be like i'm gonna be here you come talk to me i'm the guy who makes it yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, they were running around with like two at the time. Um, yeah, to think... start to start with, and really the the idea behind the project, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, was to develop this like system yeah. for the packaging. Um, he was not, you know, it's not a, a brewery. You know, his his main focus was uh, getting into this side passion that he had of brewing beer, and then trying to like make that on a large scale and market that to shops in Connecticut. You know, and he's from the area and he wanted to do something that was, you know, based on Connecticut's history and the pride of Connecticut and kind of like pull at that. And that's, you know, where the name came from. 
and that's what influenced a lot of the designs and you know eventually what came out of it was you know using the tree and the scroll um, and once we kind of had the elements that's when it, you know the, the fun part begins when we kind of finalize everything yeah. to like draw all the elements so you know i sat down and draw the tree draw this scroll out you know start doing some like typography that can work with it and then you know then bring that in and like you know digitize that on the computer and make that into like the logo itself so like this idea of like the handcrafted beer this idea of like this old charter like all these kind of ideas come together to kind of make this brand um that started with the brown ale and was a system that could you know swap out and be used for like the next handful so he went from like having two flavors with an idea of having like four or five in the next five years and instead in five years you know he's had like you know six flavors like three limited editions and then he just opened his brewery like a month ago in in danbury so he's like far exceeded what he talked about you know in the beginning which is just like a testament to how which for the record unfortunately (laughs) jay was not a part of we learned i was a little bummed about that sorry scott (laughs) was not was not hyped or psyched to see that that was a bunch of my questions i had about the new place and we're so um, you know, I think your corporate background got used to, used against you, but Jay did not say that. I, I did. I'm not trying to get in any trouble. But yeah, no, and I think unfortunately too, like now there's a lot of breweries that use the tr- use a tree. I've seen a few more trees, yeah. which I think is it, it kind of clutters a little bit. But I think like that story, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not from Connecticut originally. I'm from Philadelphia, so um, can I, I don't have that backstory but that's a good yeah that's a good yeah, story like yeah it helps when there's a story like when you yeah i mean it's like they should like, have like <laughs> some sort of like you know what i mean like i don't know, like a scavenger hunt like that could be a totally cool thing to be like kind of review yeah, the charter yeah. and like trying to they hide See, the if charter look, like, if you look really closely there's a, there's a little spot and there's like a little charter there's the charter like yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah i was thinking that right like you but like they should, i hope the new place has a huge oak tree somewhere on the oh, property man i did not see any any giant oak trees there's some trees there i don't think there's any big oak trees there should be something there should be they should make something that kind of thing yeah fun, yeah, yeah, yeah right little little, little tip of the coming cap. up like out eating the brewery just like in the middle of it oh, that's how vision that, that, that they would have a plan plant that tree like 70 years ago <laughs> to get to that level i mean i mean that that uh, that trunk is thick as hell yeah <laughs> yeah so you're yeah you're saying about your process because you, know, you have that background with the school of you know being a digital guy but i mean i i see like i said you follow along six above studios uh, on instagram you can see the process your early sketches i mean you're doing pen and ink work you're doing pencils so yeah. what's you know, of, yeah what's the process like you know a lot of a lot of yeah i see your your you know, the board here you're doing work you're here in the studio you know there's some sketches already yeah everything together. everything you know even you know even though you see nice clean design at the end everything should start with a, with a pencil and paper yeah. <laughs> like that's the best way to get your ideas out that's the best way to, to come up with something new you know I, a lot of it just ends up you know it's just like fucking around that's it that's basically yeah. get, all, get all your ideas out little doodles and sketches become things things that you can't necessarily make on a computer from scratch right away you know right or at least they're way easier just to like get out of your head you yeah. know drawing it um and yeah, even some of them you see your little, your little sketch pad right yeah you, like just you can tell like where it came to you and you're just like well i gotta right gotta get at it right now <laughs> right you know, right not, yeah. not this perfect scenario it also yeah. makes it a lot easier by the time that you jump on the computer you know yeah. if you're gonna design something if you know what you're doing ahead of time it's so much easier, you know. Yeah. <laughs> than trying to like do something on the fly. Oh, I can't. You, you see, you see a lot of uh, a lot of students coming kind of out of school right now that are just like, 
I don't draw. Like, yeah, we just do it on a computer. I'm like, well, where do you start? Where do you get like the ideas from? <laughs> yeah, because I I've tried to hack it up in Illustrator. I used to be, I used to be uh, fairly competent. I guess is the most complimentary way to say it with Photoshop. But then mm-hmm. I tried to get into Illustrator, and it was just like it was like getting punched in the face. Like it was just completely like I was like I was just out of my element with that. So yeah. some folks you can just completely draw everything with the it's just wild. I mean, you can do it, but unless, yeah. like I said, unless you know exactly what you're doing, like you can't just do that on the fly. Like, right. <laughs> Everyone I've talked to who can do it, to your earlier point, they could. They were. At, they have come from a point of doing it analog. Yeah. So like, it's not like they just figured a way to make that unless like they were drawing it. But yeah. it's never like I could never have drawn this or I don't do it or I don't sketch anymore. Like right, it's really right. like some folks are yeah. Yeah, like it takes some discipline. But. I don't use like this, like the the cheat tools or the the add on yeah, yeah. to like <laughs> magically do all this shit for them. There's yeah. no magic buttons or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it takes it's a lot of work and it's you know done by hand. Good good work starts some by something that's done by hand. That's it. Yeah, no, I mean a lot of your work, like I said, we talked about was like topography and you know your in in words and it's like simple and powerful. Like, how did you come to like? Did you, were you always just like sketching out like kind of like, I don't know, like mantras or kind of like little feel good, like little phrases? Like, cause it's really kind of, some of the shit's really inspiring. Thanks, it's really thank about you. being positive yeah, and just kind yeah, of, you know, yeah. but it's not just like, it's not like life is good. It's like a cool, you know, it's right. or, yeah, I take or a play lot off of like, lyric or yeah, yeah. I do some lyrics, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think I've always been a huge fan of just typography in, in general. You know, it's, uh, and, I, and a lot of it comes from like doing logos or just in the design world. You know, sometimes you can communicate a lot through typography. And I think there was another, you know, another one of those aha moments. I went to this small studio in Stanford that had like a guest speaker. Uh, her name was Jessica Hish, and she's a, a lettering artist out in San Francisco. And she just showed this beautiful work of um, just just pure, you know, typographical work for posters for book covers for all things and it was like i like you can use type as art it was like this thing like i just for some reason i'm surrounded by type for like years now i work so much with type and i've never thought that like type can be the main you know focal point it's versus an image you know you can draw somebody in with cool typography and it says and does as much just as much as a picture does you know yeah so I, there was something that kind of clicked there that was like, I, you know, I kind of want to get into this, this like lettering and, and more like custom typography and like, how do you kind of break into that? And really there was like, there was no answer. I just kind of started, started making some things, you know, yeah. I just started trying, trying to do, you know, drawing out some letters and then tracing them or, you know, starting with some fonts and kind of manipulating them into something to make some kind of cool piece of art. Um, and that was, that was really like the beginning of it. And that's kind of what I started like six above studios out of. It was like, um, this, these little projects that I had done, uh, while I was working at the agency, you know, the, the charter oak was a, was a big one. Um, I had a, a couple other, uh, side projects. I started this, um, this project called the brighter day project, which is just like this, uh, type driven signage. Um, right. and, and they're like lawn signs and, they say like enjoy every day or just you know like be happy and they were like positive signs and i was inspired by like the election signs that they had out you know that all tell you like what to do and i was like 
these things just kind of like get ignored you know you see them and you don't even think about them because you know they're just like elect so-and-so and you're like i don't even you know i don't have time for that kind of shit so i was like wouldn't it be really interesting if like one of them just said you know enjoy every day you know you something that you pass by all the time and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're like wait a second that's not like another boring sign yeah. it's actually something interesting you know so and that was like a, a little side project that was like encouraged through the day job that i had was to like you know do something with art and design that's like totally different than what we do here and you know like i said it was inspired by those signs so i, I started actually getting i came up with the idea and then i was like i'm actually gonna get these made like i'm gonna get a handful of these made and i started going around norwalk and then i started going on stanford and i started like putting them in the ground i started like tacking them to the street poles like and then it became this like little thing i'm going around connecticut and if i like you know take a vacation you know to, to mass or like back up to rochester or, like i'm putting them there so like everywhere i go for like two years i'm hanging up these little signs that like are like a yeah. little friendly positive reminder <laughs> um and then that be- you know that became like a decent little project that was eventually you know got picked up by like a bunch of online blogs i made its own website it was published in a book called uh, street messages by nicholas gans uh, which has got another a lot of awesome collection of like fun projects mm-hmm. like that um so i had like this this side project like that and then i had like this charter oak and i really started getting into lettering and i'm like this is almost enough to kind of form a, its own business like mm-hmm. what if i say you know all right you know i do packaging and, and some like branding logo work which is my background kind of introduce some of this like typography or like you know maybe it's designed with like more of like a street edge or you know or yeah. like something that's really bold um so the first like the first series of of like type i did this like series of posters they were all based on like hip-hop quotes or just lyrics um, right and i took one of them and i got it i got a screen printed up and there was a, a tribe called quest one uh from the song oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if you see yeah. it i had it up on the website for a little bit i had to take it down for other reasons but oh, the, no. yeah the lyric, <laughs> the lyric was i like my beats hard like two day old shit yeah and i was like you know that was a fife line i was like i love that line yeah. like that's just that's, that sounds like raw hip-hop like and you know tribe's got like a bunch of cool elements that you can play off of yeah so i just use like you know the colors and like it looks it looks like a tribe called quest without even like putting the, the words there yeah. so I was like, I felt really good about that when I got that one screen printed up. I got like a hundred of those. I'm like, I'm gonna sell this. I'm like, now I've got, you know, a little company with some some side projects, and we've got a product for sale. So yeah. We got our first poster for sale, and like that, you know, that made its way like around Tumblr. It got picked up, like, and it took me a while to like sell all hundred of them. I think it took like yeah. three years, but that was like, I can make cool type pieces. People like them, and they'll yeah. buy it. Like, this is awesome. Like, I need to do more of this kind of stuff. So that was like, that was another start that was like, oh man, like there's something here. There's yeah. some like, keep doing some cool type shit. Keep like, you know, it was almost like I, I took a step back and like went back to, to my roots, which were like yeah. drawing and art and, you know, those bold skateboard logos. And it took me like 12 years in the industry to kind of like regress back to what I yeah. like, originally loved and was like, just do that. Like, don't you remember why you got into this in the first place? Like, you know, pick up some projects like that. So I started, um, I started doing a little bit more type stuff and 
you know, I, I, I made up the six above site and, you know, put, put type work on there. And you know, I had started like a Behance portfolio. I put some, some of my work up on there and really just started promoting this new company that does cool design and type typography, you know, different types of, of lettering. And, you know, what's cool is like, you can use that for your logo. You can use that for apparel, you know, there's, you use that for your gig posters, you mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of like usage for that. So then, you know, after kind of pushing that out, like I started to kind of get some responses back. And in the beginning I was doing like a lot of like t-shirt jobs. Um, a lot of one-offs um, just like hey can you do this cool graphic and then there was like this uh, group of guys out in Long Island uh, that started this uh, company called South Shore and they were like can you do our main logo like in your cool lettering and can you you know help us out with a couple other shirts and I was like cool this is this is like a decent job like this is kind of thing mm -hmm. starting up and I was actually working with this uh, this company that did like there's for, for cheerleading competitions I don't know if, you, if anybody's ever seen this but like the shirts that like these teams wear are just like a just a, a garbage pile of graphics like stars and shooting and shit but I had this company that was like had a need to get like you know hundreds of these done and was like we want to contract one person to just design all these things they all kind of have a similar look anyway so it was like yeah. alright cool like that was like one of my first clients under the, the six above name you know that I was kind of like retain them and do a bunch of work for them and just like get into t-shirts um and this at that at this time this was all like on top of my day job oh, <laughs> so i'm like so it was a true side yeah so yeah. i'm like it just started to become like bigger you know like you know finding something that i really liked going to work on beer projects during the day coming home drawing you know lettering at night you know trying to figure out how to combine those two make that into uh, its own career you know yeah. so it it uh it was a lot of a lot of work and like a lot of hustling like that in the beginning but um you know from from doing those t-shirts i got like another uh marketing agency in the city and they're like you know they call me up and they say oh we love your type work um we want to do apparel you know we work with um like basically like internet celebrities and stuff a lot of people that i had no idea who they were <laughs> you know <laughs> younger you know younger than me but it was like it was a, a really cool opportunity to and they you know they were willing to like pay good money for it and i was like all right you know i'm interested and they're like all right cool here's the first job is that uh there's this uh foundation that is owned by the rapper trey songs and we want yeah. you to design the logo that goes on the shirt for like his fundraiser and i was like Trey songs I was like they're like do you know anything about them and I was like fuck yeah like this yeah. is are you kidding me this is awesome I'm like this just became like way more than I was hoping for yeah. <laughs> so so I did that um I did that shirt and then like a bunch of them started coming in after that from the same company and I ended up doing some really cool jobs um I did one for Adam Carolla to mm -hmm. promote like a, a book that he was putting out and I did one for um I did I ended up doing like three or four for this uh this dance choreographer matt stefanina who's like um he's like huge in the, in the choreography world but it's like one of those things like i don't know who this guy is and then all of a sudden i look him up and it's like all right he's got like tutorials here and there he's like all over the place he's teaching stuff and then the next thing i see him on ellen and he's like wearing the shirt that i design and then he was on the amazing race <laughs> for like a season with yeah. his girlfriend and i'm like the whole time he's wearing like the hat that I did and the shirt that I did, I'm like, this is awesome. So <laughs> I really kind of like got into that, 
that space. You're like, I love this guy now. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, now these are awesome. And then the rest of the guys are like, you know, random, you know, guys on Twitch or like big YouTube stars and like, I don't know, things like, you know, I know kids now love that. Like, they don't watch TV, they watch YouTube. And like, yeah, you know, I don't, my kid watches fucking people play video games. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. dude, let's play, let's play That's some Fortnite. Thing, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, well, now this guy is going to, I'm like, like, are you watching? Because I mean, if I watch YouTube or something, I want to learn how to do the move. Like, am I right? Where's that, you know, where's the special thing from the battle pass? It's like, all right, here it is. Pause, <laughs> and I go do it. Like, And he's like, I'm like, you're not doing that. Like, you're watching him for an hour. It like, oh, doesn't make any sense. And, like, they're all British. They're, yeah, um, yeah. Whatever. And they're huge. They get, like, crazy views. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a whole career. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, doing yeah. something wrong. But, yeah. <laughs> so kind of, you know, at, at that point, like, I, I feel like I had steady enough work where it was like, you know, if I put a little bit more focus into like finding some more jobs, this is enough to like sustain my living. You know, I could I could do this for a living. So that's you know, after seven years, like I think seven, eight years out of school, I think I was like, I went to my boss and I was like, look, you know, I've got some opportunities here to kind of do my own thing. Like I'm gonna be leaving. I'm gonna be pursuing my own company, which. I totally kept secret for like two years. A yeah. couple of people that I worked with, and that was that was like a big part of like having the company, not just putting it all under my own personal name. Was kind of like I'm gonna start building something on the side, and not like yeah. make sure that like the people that I don't want to find out about it don't find out about it. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then by the time, hopefully, it becomes enough. And that's and that's eventually what happened. That it became enough where it's like, oh, by the way, you know, I'm leaving. And by the way, I've been running my own business for like the past two years at night. You know, and it's become big enough where I don't, I'm, I'm I don't, don't need this job anymore. You know, or I'm yeah. going to pursue that full time. Yeah. So I, uh, I kind of like dove right into. I was doing a lot of more, you know, like the typography work for like apparel and stuff. And then I got a, an awesome job to work uh, with these guys in Brooklyn to open up a restaurant called Island Express, where I got to do the um, the, the the logo itself. I got to do all the packaging, uh, the interior, did these like murals on the wall, um, just like every aspect of like a restaurant, from like from just idea to to done and yeah. that was like that was like a really cool opportunity and something that I had like never done uh, before but it was an, another chance to like draw some cool things like to see um, this there's like it's the main image is a, a stamp like a like a you know like a mail stamp right but getting to like draw the picture for that or getting to draw some of the lettering that goes in the mural on the wall you know just any time that I can kind of incorporate some kind of a hand on feel into the design is like a win to me because mm-hmm. it's been this, you know, merging of this traditional graphic design sense with this more like artistic, like hand done kind of feel. And for me, trying to find clients or jobs that fit right in the middle, you know, or that kind of bring those two disciplines together is like the ideal job slash client for me because a lot of the work you do you can kind of still see like the shading so it looks it has that like you would do do it manually right look to it right that the recent campaign i think you did was with new orleans right the tourism which is fucking awesome yeah like i mean so that's like that's like what eventually led to keep doing that's killer right i I love going to new orleans and sort of see that you know like they're like it's massive you know it's like I think it's in New York too, right? It's in the yeah, yeah. So it's like they, the tour to get in, people to yep. go there. I think I, I think they actually brought the campaign into 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 New York to like promote it and yeah, get the tours there. It was 
you know, it was named like the number one spot to go um, this in 2018 by, I think it was time, it was like big, it was, maybe it was times that like did it. And it was like in the world too, which like even blew my mind. It was like, well, why? Like in the world, really? Like New Orleans, like the top destination to the Let's like, be honest, it's right? not about the world, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I'll give you Louisiana, <laughs> maybe the South. <laughs> but no, I remember we first. I think you just agreed to to come on, and yeah, I was in the city for work, and I I saw it, and I was like, that it was just kind of, I don't know. I I take little signs here and there, and I was like, there we go. The universe was like, you know, we should have, you gotta connect with this dude. So it worked out perfect. But uh, yeah, I, I just. I didn't like to your point where you said you had that pivot moment. Like I didn't think that to, like about the power of topography, and then I started doing this, and it's just amazing. Like we yeah. interviewed the uh, Lindsay Tweedy does the work for Trogues, mm -hmm. and they're really heavy with topography. Yeah, and she used to work in an agency kind of like you before she went on her own, and like she got to work her topography like into like I think it was like let's just say Heinz or French's. It was a mustard campaign. Yeah, and she did the topography in mustard, and oh, it was like see. It was killer, yeah. like it, like it's a simple piece. It's like a dog on a plate, and like she wrote the words in mustard. Yeah, it was like pff, that was like oh wow, be, yeah, that was yeah. a wow moment for me. I was like, and that's like the fun. That's like the fun part is like that can be the the main focus is like some some beautiful typography, you know. And I think like, now more than ever, like, I mean, I remember at school learning having like not like what do they call it, penmanship, right? Yeah, yeah. They don't have that shit anymore. Like, right. Kids Nobody does even, that. <laughs> yeah, people always do me like, oh, you have really nice handwriting. I'm like, no, you're just not used to seeing people like write stuff. Like yeah. I always write stuff. And that's like a big thing. Even now, I mean, I, you know, I you know, I follow a bunch of people who do like a bunch of custom lettering and stuff. And even all these guys are on like the iPad Pros with the with the pencil and like yeah. I am jealous. I don't have one. I do want to get one, but there's nothing beats like going in there with pencil and paper. Yeah. And a lot of these guys that you know start on the iPad Pro, like they're not gonna go back. Right. They're not going backwards. So like, and I don't know if yeah, maybe we, you don't need to, but I, I don't know. I've I have a a certain you know feeling about the pencil and paper that's gonna stick with me like no matter what. Even the yeah. digital stuff is fantastic. You know. And, that's perfect. Like you kind of use the. I think there's different folks use the digital to save a couple steps, but not to to take away from the process. For right. other person just don't even understand that. Like you go, okay, I know how to do this. I've done this, and boom, boom, boom. Here's a comp. You know, I did half of this on digital, but like when I'm going to do the final, I got to redo it by hand. Like right. that's just yeah. One of my favorites is uh, uh, Tim, who that works does labels for side projects. I can show you them later, but they're really simple. Like he made his own font face yeah you know, he he took a base font he tweaked it and now he has the a through z yeah. lower capital that's quite feet. that's a that's a lot of work to like yeah get that. but like you look at it and you're just like oh it's just font but then like they take the next level where like they use special paper and some of them are mm -hmm. embossed and some of them have like a gold little middle little foil here and there and it's right. like really i mean it's really simple it's like but they're details, super yeah. it's super sexy yeah i mean even if you're at the end of the day you're taking that and creating a font like you got to remember that like nobody else has that that's like yeah you know nobody else has that font. you can't go buy that or like download that anywhere that's like completely ownable yeah. and that in itself becomes like an art you know yeah where it's like nobody like it's nobody else can make something exactly like this like i have made this custom for you you know yeah it's, it's big, like, like booming like capitals with like a you know a nice like tail that like like transitions right into like the nice lowercase yeah I love, yeah, I mean, I just love, I mean, I love even a simple, someone writes an, like a 
the old school A with the like the the rounded with the bubble A. Like I like that versus like the circle A. Like just yeah. to me, I'm like, yeah, that's where like that's. I see, yeah. a lot of it's like moving towards like you know the circle A is like what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like that's it's something that's easy to read on screen. Yeah. And that's like, why that's, like that's, like that's, that's why that's popular. Like, <laughs> yeah, but even like I forget when I spoke to somebody like if depending on the font face you choose it it has an inherent vibe to it right like if it's a serif it has a little mm-hmm. more like professional stuffy to it if yep. it's this it's and I was just like so this little thing man you got, yeah. yeah it's nice it's just really cause like it's cool to see it and it's like you can't always explain that the feeling it emotes and so to have somebody explain it to you then now when I see stuff it's like okay yeah block lettering means this and this means that you know and there's like a fun I mean there's a fun difference between like the, the fonts and like doing some like lettering so the, I mean the big difference between you know fonts is a, is a piece of software right you know that's what's on your computer when you do like lettering um, lettering is unique to that like composition so like even with the with the New Orleans uh, campaign like that is arranged in a way that you know becomes unique as a lockup or by itself yeah. you know so it's it's almost like lettering and and doing like these typographic lockups gets like one step even deeper where it's like you know not only is it's its own font or own thing but then it becomes something that's like a unique mark you know that's meant to look like this or a certain way yeah so what's what's new for six above i mean i saw i recently did a like a healthcare mural piece yeah yeah, yeah. i really like that because it was it was a little different than what you kind of typically been doing yeah it it was it was like busy and it was like almost like 12 pieces in one yeah that was very that was like very different for me that was like the first time kind of doing something like that that is like the most recent most recent job that i did but yeah that was for chg healthcare which is actually out in utah um and they have throughout in utah doing that no they actually have one of their companies is here in trumbull um it's called comp health they have seven companies and they actually they did this really cool campaign for the employees where they asked all the employees like how they make a difference in their job and in the world wow. and then they they did this at each of the seven branches like throughout the united states and then they hired a local artist at each one of the companies to come in and create this mural out of all the phrases from that specific company's location you know onto this onto this wall so they you know they contacted me and you know same way everybody else kind of you know through word of mouth they're seeing some stuff online you know loving the the lettering stuff and they're like we want you to do this like 40 times over (laughs) and like fill a wall up with these phrases from like everybody that works here this is sounds like a huge job like to get done you know it's gonna be quite a feat but it also sounds like a really cool opportunity to do a bunch of like awesome lettering so yeah because everyone sees your you know i mean like that just shows like right you can say you care about your employees right but then like to take like the literal yeah. the literal words and make that like and a piece of the something. business yeah. yeah that's kind of like and it's gonna stay with them too i think they keep it there for a couple months and then they're gonna bring all of them together at one point and do like a little exhibit with all of the different walls like and a then, birdie man is like burn them and like have like a, <laughs> <run around>. yeah. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like oh yours is way better than mine like, why, why don't we get that connecticut guy yeah yeah <laughs> but that was you know that was a really cool job and that was like i've never done anything that large of a scale before or that was my next question that. yeah it's yeah. pretty like robust yeah yeah and then it's like you know i had to hire a couple of people come and help me you know so i, I draw everything out like on the wall and I'd be like, hey, you just, you know, you gotta get, be like, oh, I don't paint. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to paint. You just have to, like, fill in my letters. Like, I traced everything. Like, yeah. this is, like, adult coloring at this point. Like, the stuff that you come in, 
you just come in, you fill these letters right here that I just drew, you know, with a green. Yeah. <laughs> like, move along. Go like, paint by number, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, this is one, this is blue. So what did you do? Like, do you project it on the wall? And yeah, yeah. So I talked to That's a, a cool other, technique. I yeah, I talked too. to a couple other uh, artists that have done, like, bigger murals. And I'm like, you know, and I obviously, you know, researched some of it. But I was like, what's the best way to do this? And, you know, a lot of people, at least for this size, wasn't gigantic. You know, I'm not on the side of the building or something. This was like seven feet tall but it was like 12 feet long and double-sided so right that's what the challenge there but it was uh but yeah using the projector that was like a new thing so like kind of drawing it all out first and then maybe cleaning it up on the computer and then uh figuring out how everything's going to fit together and then taking that and then projecting that onto the wall and then kind of redrawing it and then filling it in so by the end of the project i ended up like drawing the same thing over like five times you know yeah. from like the initial sketch to like cleaning it up and then to doing it on the computer and then doing it on the wall once it's projected and it's just it took you know it took a whole week the other thing that was challenging was i you know they wanted me to do it like during office hours and in the break room of the office so it's like every all the employees can come by and see you working on it and i was like I, they, this could go like this could be good or bad you know I don't know how it's gonna work out and I got a lot of people he's like this is a healthcare company so I got a lot of random questions from people coming in that have like no idea about art or like process or like just asking just off the wall questions <laughs> about like what are you doing or like you know just uh, why is there a computer here or why do you have this projector or you know we did a lot of it with like paint markers and like what kind of sharpies are those and I don't know, just, just all types of stuff that I was like, so they really, you they guys really, have no idea. They really played it up like, okay, they're doing work. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you really got to like make it look, and but it did. It was hard work, but you also got to like make it look like hard work too because all yeah. these people are watching it too. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't shower that day, so you sweat a little more. You're like, oh man, this is rough. But yeah, the past like, so I, you know, I left that agency job, agency life like three years ago mm-hmm. and, you know, I, it was a little slow to begin with, but then it's just been so you know fast paced since then. And there's been a lot of cool jobs, you know the um, the New Orleans campaign that was one of them. That was just yeah, awesome to awesome. work on the you know what started as the campaign and then turned and ended up using some of the lettering from the campaign to create like the logo, and that's what they use on like all their you know use that like on the brochures or like you know that's what they use on the. Um, the campaign that they put in the city too was all posters you know just now, you typography to, you, did, you, did you help with the installation or just they just take it and they no not with the installation they just take that and run with it but it kind of goes everywhere i even saw that they had a they had an artist do a mural there on the side of the building like three stories tall of like some jazz musicians and then they had him paint this lock up like next to it because it's part of the campaign yeah so i mean that campaign was actually for this year 2018 is the is the tricentennial of the city so they're doing all of these things to celebrate you know, the yeah. 300th year. So this was like the start of it. I started seeing some of these things come into play at the beginning of the year and then go through all the way out throughout the year. Um, and I'm, I'm heading down there in October to what see the restaurant. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, and I haven't made it down there yet, oh, <laughs> man. but it's happening. I'm like, it's everything's ready to go for October. Like making it in just at the end of the year to go see the last of the elements that are there. Per- yeah, because <laughs> I love, I do enjoy New Orleans, and I've been there for Jazz Fest, and I've been there like as a like for conferences and doing a little more touristy stuff. But 
It's the food. The people are good. Yeah. Bourbon Street, you got to do it. I was yeah, yeah. been, but like that gets a little old quick. Yeah, I've been there once. I've done like that. And yeah. now I'm like excited to go back. We're actually going for a Voodoo Fest in October. Oh, wow. like right over Halloween. It's going to be a big like three-day concert. Yeah. But they'll have a lot of the elements in play at that festival. So Wait, do you like, get to come oh, as like a cool. guest at like the tourism board? No, see, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get any special perks like that. That's like the next question. You need like, like, a, hu- you need like a hype like, man, yeah, dude. What do you yeah. get? What do yeah. you get? Are they fly yeah. you down? Are they putting you up? You know, you get to fly in on a carpet yeah. or something? Ladies and gentlemen, the font, man. <laughs> <laughs> see that font over there? Look at that. That's this man right here. And it's like, all right, who's up next playing? <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing spectacular like that. That'd, you know, that'd be nice, but no. <laughs> You should reach out to your people in town. I know, town yeah. Yeah. They'll be listening. So, you know, yeah, we were there for, I was there for a market research conference in the city. The tourism people came and spoke there. It was pretty cool to see how they're just kind of flipping them out, like trying to, you know, it was probably like 2006. So mm-hmm. it was probably before you were on board. You could see where they were trying yeah. to go. They, they mentioned the tricentennial coming up and they were trying to kind of oh, build, yeah, the, build the momentum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They've been, they, they, I mean, you know, we started that like last year last year the beginning last year so like you know developing from the idea to you know the applications like it takes a whole year so it's like if we're going to do this in 2018 we got to be ready like mid 2017 to like start rolling some of these things out and get them ready so yeah so this last question is probably easy a little easier for you and i have a good vibe where it's going to go but when you're creating do you have certain tunes you're listening to what's kind of what's pumping at the studio Oh man, a lot. I mean, a lot of hip hop. I actually, you know, I like got super into this like hip hop production. Like, I just started like chasing the producers that yeah. make the hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If you love music or like you love hip hop, and then you start to see yourself like bounce into it. Yeah. And then it's not, you know, I think good hip hop's got some like good lyrical messages to it. Yeah. But the other half of it is like getting that production tight. You know, Beat, getting yeah. something that's gonna like bob yeah. your head. So you know, just to help me keep focus like i'll listen to a lot of just beats you know and yeah like, that way you know that way you're not like focused on the lyrics or even if it's a song you like you start singing along i don't know like some of that yeah. kind of gets distracting so sometimes like just breaking it down like going to like just the oh, producer and, like, yeah no because we try to it. do customize we'll customize your episode with like the tunes you listen to yeah yeah it's always like people like i like this band like this so i always try to find like instrumental version of this or whatever and so it's uh yeah, so definitely. Yeah, there's like, this dude, uh, there's this dude, Odyssey. Like yeah. Odd I C, like spell that. Right. And he's, uh, he's probably one of my favorite producers right now. Okay. And he's, and he, he's like MC too. But what I like about him is he flips back and forth. He'll do an album where he does his own production and lyrics, and then the next one's just a produ- in- instrumental mm-hmm. album, like just a production. So. All right, cool. Odd I see, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we'll find some, we'll find some tribe on there. We'll, we gotta put some tribe on there. Yeah, we'll put some tribe in there. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, um, you know, because you had the Wu-Tang Clan up there, and I was I was in Starbucks the other day, and I'm like, you know those Helvetica shirts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, like, my wife got me the, the Wu-Tang Clan one, and it's awesome. Oh, nice. But, like, you know, I'm, I'm at Starbucks, you know, it was like, and this old, old white dude comes up, and he's just like, I'm he's like, because it says, like, old dirty bastard, you know, yeah, it's like right yeah. at the top, and he's like, old, what, what is that? And I was like. <laughs> You don't know the uh, yeah, I was like, oh, and he's like, the RZA? He's like, what is this? And he's like reading them all, and I'm like trying. Is this like where he already ruined my personal space? Like, yeah. the, I was like, you like, you just hope you're gonna be able to get out of it by acting like you can't hear him. You have my headphones on. I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm, like I have to. I ha- already engaged. Yeah, I had to engage this fucking dude. I was like, I'm not in. And the fucking guy goes to me. He goes, um, 
he's like, I tell him, oh, it's this great rap group, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, is it the white rap or the black rap? And I go, I go, I was like, what? He goes, do you know? And I'm like, I go, no, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. And he's like, go, he tries to explain to me. I go, did he, I go, did sir, he what the difference is? I go, sir, he tried to see it. And I was like, I don't, like, I was like, I already know there's old ignorant assholes in my town. Like, yeah. I don't want this guy to like have a platform. I was just like, I was like, sir, it's rap music, yeah. and it's really good. Yeah. And I just was like, put my headphones back in, and I was like, I'm done with this. Like, yeah. I, can't. I was like, fuck this guy. I was I'd like, be I curious to know what he thought the difference was. I'm I think sure that like, the one with, like, I didn't even know. He started to talk, and he was all sweaty and confused, and I was just like. <laughs> You're like, I'm done with this guy. Yeah, I was just like, I was done. He's like trying to tell me about how he's an engine. I, he's out of work. I was like, no shit, you're out of work. You must be an HR nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so angry. I was just like, I wanted to like, so I just had to not, yeah, I was just like, I got to get not deal with this fucking guy. Yeah. yeah, not give this guy the time of day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thank you so much, Jay, man. It was great. Hey, absolutely. It's been a great time. I yeah. thank you. See? It wasn't yeah. as hard as you thought it was going to be. No, no, no. It was not. See? I told you. Man. <laughs> everyone, everyone worries about it. I mean, it's hard to talk about yourself, but once you kind of get in the flow of it, it uh, yeah, not worried about it. Just like I said, you know, trying to make sure I hit everything I want to talk about. I think we got, I think we made a good. You probably didn't. Let's be honest. You probably didn't. You know, like I, I have, uh, I usually keep a ten questions that I try to ask, and yeah. I used to ask the word, the aesthetic question. I stopped asking that question. So, like, what's your aesthetic? And people just oh. like, and people go, Ugh. "What are you talking about?" I would get, I would just get like, really? Like, how if you like, I had one. Uh, at least a handful of people would be like, that's, that's like, a terrible yeah. question. Yeah, that's like the question that somebody not like, yes! in this industry would ask. Yeah, two years ago when I started this project, I like wrote down my questions and I was like super psyched. I was like, aesthetic. That's an art word. It is. Yeah. But not something you'd probably be asking people. Yeah, people were like pissed. And then, and then it got to a point where I knew people hated it, but I'd already asked like 30 people it. Yeah. And I felt like, some of my new listen, I was like, well, if I don't ask this guy, Joe's going to be pissed or this guy's going to be pissed. Like, he I was answer. waiting for it. I was yeah. waiting for the question. And then it became an like answer. a point, like a self-deprecating <laughs> thing. I was like, this question, you're going to hate it. I'm like, you ready? And they're like, this is terrible. I was like, all right. I like the music. Ending on the music one's a nice one. That's and there you have it, folks. Jay Larsh. Six Above Studios, right here on another project with a number in it, the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really enjoyed speaking with Jay. He's got a good sense of humor. His laugh is infectious. It was a lot of fun. You can tell it was really, you know, lighthearted, really natural, able just to chill and, you know, talk. We kept, you know, the Wu-Tang antidote on, you know, just kind of, we were done, kept things rolling and just kind of show... A, we like to say we're not a political podcast, but just kind of a good life rule of thumb. Don't be a, a closed-minded, ignorant asshole. It's not going to be tolerated. So Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, old dirty bastard. The guy was kind of an old dirty bastard. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Jay Larsh, Six Above Studios. Six Above Studios on Instagram, sixabove.com on the World Wide Webs. You can find us at 16ozcanvas.com. 16OZ Canvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a lot of great episodes coming up. We got Keith Neltner, Christian Helms. We've got Salsa Comics. We got Doo Doo Galaxy Hero. Just a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming up here. We're well recorded for the summer. We're fully enjoying ourselves. 
We hope that wherever you are, you are having a great summer because we are in Maine right now. We love ourselves in Maine. Follow along our adventures. We're in Harrison, Maine. We'll be doing up the normals, having some lobster, as much seafood as I can get in my gullet. I'm like a fucking pelican. Just stuff it in there. It's going to be great. Cannot wait. Crystal Lake is a beautiful place to be. It's nice. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your summer. Hopefully you're having a great time. Got a lot more episodes coming up. We're going to be announcing Season 8, our 8th 12-pack, I'd say, by the end of the month. We're getting confirmations out. We have a much more streamlined process. Got to get those artists in check. Got to get their bio photos. Got to get their confirmations. Bing, bang, boom. And we still have to figure out a couple more of the artists for the 7th 12-pack. So do not go anywhere. Do not change the dial. Retweet us. Share us. Like us. Please tell a friend. Do it all. And we appreciate you and you and you. And lastly, if you haven't done this already, which I know a lot of you haven't because we have a lot of subscribers, but yet we don't have a lot of ratings and reviews. So if you head on over to iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast on, throw us some stars, write a review. And I said, tell a friend that really helps. We're building the community. And it is growing. It's on the uptick. And we're all doing it together. So I'll do my part. You do your part. And we'll do it together. Because we're all in this together. And we love to take a bath. If you name that song, we'll send you some stickers or something. If you name that tune. Until next week, folks. Cheers. Cheers.